0: in prayer dear heavenly father we just want to thank you for all that you've done we thank you for the things that we can see we thank you for that which we cannot see lord we thank you for working in lives giving us opportunities to witness lord literally taking the witness of our church all over the world and allowing us through missionaries to keep in touch with people who've passed through the doors here lord we just thank you that We can have Christian fellowship with other believers in Christ. And, Lord, that you can use all of us in your service. We just thank you for your healing power, your strength, and, Lord, all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come lead us in that last song, Brother Franz. If you would turn back to the book of James as we continue through the book of James. And go, ye kids. Go on back to the chapel there. And uh, last Sunday night, we finished up with James chapter 1. And James starts out chapter 2 with another one of those, my brethren. Anytime you see my brethren in the book of James, you better get ready. He's got something to say. He's got something that he wants us to do. And we read this here, and I'll tell you what, a lot of times... Uh, We think we have this thing under control that James is talking about here, but it's a lot bigger deal than we make it. And we're just going to start James chapter 2. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and in goodly apparel... And there come also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place. And to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he, has, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So, speak ye... And so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Now, this is a a passage in... I know that no one in here has ever thought, as, uh, especially our ushers and greeters, as someone walked through the door, as we're going to put you under a pew over here. I mean, that, was just, that just doesn't happen today. But still, it says here, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with. Uh we believe, the Bible teaches, that if you're saved, you're saved by God's grace through faith. Amen? It's faith in God's Word. It's faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's faith in the fact that He said He would pay for our sins. We have this faith in God. And the Bible says that we can't mix that faith with A respect of persons. Now, before we go too far, we need to understand the poor person, most of the time, when you think of someone in vile raiment as coming on uh, in New York City, we think about homeless people, all right? And, and, And vile usually means smelly. Uh, and uh, we, we think about that. I mean, that's the image that comes into mind. But I want you to understand something. The poor man in, in this passage was not someone who has willfully chosen to destroy their life through addictions and all of those things. Uh, if, if we were just to go back uh, even 50, 60 years... Uh, Seventy years when my dad was a little boy. Do you know how many changes of clothes a normal person had? One. Uh, you know how many pairs of shoes you had in, in the closet? I mean, you, if you were well-to-do, you'd have your Sunday-go-to-meeting shoes. And, and then you'd get one other pair of shoes, and that, that better last for school and everything else. And if it didn't... Guess what? You just walked around with holes in your shoes. Uh, everybody knew that you didn't take care of what your parents gave you. And that was the average person. That was middle class. Uh, today, uh, you know, the, I guess the spirit of Emilio Marcos lives, right? Uh, if you don't have 50 different pairs of shoes to decide which one that you're going to wear with what, I mean, people get their... And, and, you know, you got to have a pair of boots to wear to work, and then you have a pair of boots to wear out, and then you have your tennis shoes to play sports in, and then you have your semi-casual. I mean, that didn't exist in those days. And uh, a poor person would have one set of clothes, and they would wear them until there wasn't anything left. And uh, we, we don't comprehend that today. Uh, we think being poor is, well, I guess I'll have to skip that $5 cup of coffee today. Uh, that's not poor. And so when people come in, do we think differently about people? Because of where they come from, how they speak, how they appear to us. The Bible says we're not to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. Now, if I were to ask everybody in this room, myself included... Are, are there not certain people that are easier to like than others? Uh, I mean, that's just the way it is, isn't it? I mean, there are just certain people that are easier to like. I mean, it's hard to be friends with unfriendly people. Read the book of Proverbs. And it's even more difficult to be... Un, uh, to, to be friends with an unfriendly person who thinks they're being friendly. I mean, we've had some people over the years that walk through and they say, you know, the the people in your church aren't very friendly. And I said, I don't know what church you've been attending, but the people here are usually pretty friendly. But when you show up ten minutes after the service starts and you leave five minutes before the service finishes, it's kind of hard to be friendly to that kind of person. And that's about time they get mad at me. But, I mean, you you got to put things out where they are. It is easy to get along with people we like to get along with. It's hard to get along with people we don't want to get along with. And the Bible says that we're not allowed to mix our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. Now, you know what that means? It means we all got a lot of work to do. Amen? It just simply means we've all got a lot of work to do. Because it is something that is built into us. And, of course, the example here in the passage is the poor man and the rich man. And the idea here is in verse 4, Are ye not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts. I, I mean, the example here is the the guy that comes in, he has absolutely nothing to offer. He's here. He's, he's just made it into the service. And it's real easy to ignore that person. The idea of treating the rich person differently, now this comes back to, James said he addressed his book to the twelve tribes that were scattered abroad. You know, the Pharisees had permeated society with, if you're good and God loves you, you're going to be rich. It was just part of what they were conditioned to believe. And if you were poor, it was because you weren't obedient to God. Now... They didn't go through all the the cheats and all the rotten things that the Pharisees did to get rich. How they stole from the poor and, and, and and their own parents and did all these awful things. But your society, we are influenced in ways that we don't even know and understand that we're influenced. And the reason people are nice to rich people is because they're always hoping to get something. Isn't that the way it works? When's the last time you ever thought you were going to get something nice from somebody poor? I mean, you work at the hotel. You you know who you got to be nice to. And, and uh, carry those bags and do all that kind of work. But the, the thing is, when we come into church, we're not looking... We ought not be looking for what we can get out of people who come here. This is a place where you receive. You receive God's word. And you've got to get the mindset in the right action. I mean, actually, we have some people that have come in over the years thinking they're going to give things. I remember one fellow came in. And he said, "Uh, Pastor, I I want you to find me a wife. And I said, "Uh, we don't do that around here. He said, but you don't understand. I have a lot of money. I said, you don't understand. Get out of here. And he looked at me kind of funny and I said, no. I said, you get out of here. We don't want people like you in this church. That is not what this church is about. You gotta get saved, you've got to surrender to God, and God will find you a wife. But He's not gonna find you, someone, to give you a green card, was what he wanted. And uh, we just take a hike. And I really did say, get out of here. And I threw him out. That was in the basement of the old building we had. I walked him up the stairs. I wanted him out of there. We're not here. So you can come in and do something. Now, I'll tell you what, I like the fact that our people put money in the offering plate. It, it just makes my job as a pastor a little easier. Uh, we had some big bills to pay this week. Uh, we got the, You proved it last week. We got the floor done. We got the carpet done. Uh, that was almost $9,000 between the two of them. We have sixty six bucks left in our building account. Uh, It's gone. But praise the Lord, the work's done. We don't need it anymore. Amen. And uh, so we we're not looking for people to come in and give us stuff. We want people who want to come in and surrender to the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I I had to fight with this early on. I mean, I was always praying God would send somebody in who knew how to do some of this repair work around the building. You know what? The Lord always sent somebody to tell me how to do it. He never sent somebody to do it for us. And He used our people to provide the means to get it done. And we'll just praise the Lord as we serve Him together. Amen? Uh. We want to give to the missionaries. We want to we want to be a help and a blessing. You see, if we're not careful, we'll become partial in ourselves. That word partial means favoring. You know what? It's easy to favor certain people and you know it's easy to get really irritated with other certain people and that is natural part of human nature that goes directly against faith in the lord jesus christ that's what this passage says it it, when we read over it just lightly we we get this idea and we say hey that's not that big of a deal but when we put it into the context that the Bible puts it in, hey, wait a minute, that affects us every day. In fact, it affects us every hour of every day. It affects us every service. And we, we have to work on that because we'll become partial. We'll favor certain people. And when we favor certain people, we're going to unfavor certain others. And it says that we'll become judges of evil thoughts. Now, I know no one in this auditorium has ever, ever done that. I'm lying. Every one of us in this auditorium has done that. We've become judges of evil thoughts. We've thought less of another person because of things that they have done. Welcome to the human race. If you pretend you don't have this problem, you're in bigger trouble than you could ever imagine. Now, James tells us we can't mix our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and respect of persons. We need to stand in respect of God. And if we stand in respect of God, Jesus said, John, the beloved disciple, said, Here's how you know that you love God when you love the children of God. And by the way, love is not a warm mushy gushy feeling inside. I mean it's nice when it's there. But love is doing the absolute best thing for that person. Amen? Love is doing something positive. And one of the most positive things you can do is be faithful and not talk about it. Just be there. Just be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Say hi. I've had people once in a while, somebody will come up and say, Pastor, you didn't say hi to me, and I'm I'm sorry sometimes I'll, get running in such a circle that I'll walk right past somebody and I'll miss you and that's that's never my intention. But, you know what? We also got to grow enough that we're the ones saying hi instead of expecting it to come from someone else. That's what being no respecter of persons is all about. Instead of waiting for somebody to do something to you, Be a blessing to other people. Just worry about pleasing Jesus. That's what it means. I respect the Lord Jesus Christ more than I do every person. I'm not expecting something in return. I just want to take what God has given me. And you have to be careful. Because sometimes we want to help another person. We want to push them in the way that's right. We can just see things so clearly. And what God wants us to do is just let God do what needs to be done. But all we can do is... Say hi and care and pray for one another. Because if we're not careful, we'll get partial. You know, there's some churches out there that's full of little cliques. You got one little group of people over here and one little group of people over here. And they get along with each other, but they don't get along with anybody else. And and that's evil. The Bible says that will destroy a church that goes against our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you've despised the poor, you despise those people that can't help you, and they're the ones that are rich in faith, they're the ones that are the heirs of God, and what were you when God got a hold of you? You know, it's interesting what happens here as we grow in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He changes us. He moves us up. He lifts us out of the place where we started. And all of a sudden, we start thinking that uh, we're a little more worthy of a higher echelon in society. And we forget where God found us. Uh, I think that goes directly to what the Lord Jesus Christ said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And when we understand our poverty, we don't have a problem loving anybody from anywhere. And it says, Do not the rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment steeds Do they not blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? And what happens here is just because this rich person shows up in church, does that mean they stop doing all the nasty things they've been doing all their life? You know, this is where a lot of people have gotten, a lot of churches have gotten in trouble over the years. They started out poor on the wrong side of the tracks, and the Lord got started blessing, and things started moving in the right direction, and the right kind of people started coming in, they might say, and All of a sudden, they didn't have any use for the other side of the tracks anymore, where they started from. They joined the group that despised them. You know why? Because they came to church first. I remember in the church I grew up in, uh, we had a pastor there for a while. He said, you know what? We need to stop reaching out to these poor kids and stop running the buses and stop doing all this. And he said, we need to start reaching up instead of down. I'll tell you what, the people of that church said, Preacher, that's not in the Bible. And if that's where you want to go, we want you to go somewhere else. Now, that doesn't happen very often. And today, in that same church, I think uh, three of the five county commissioners and one of the state senators and about half the real estate guys in the county are all members of that same church. I mean, they own half the county today. I mean, it's unbelievable what the Lord has done there. But he blessed them because they refused to turn away all those years ago when nobody knew anything about that place. You see, the simple truth of the matter is, the worldlings are not going to stop doing worldly stuff just because they come to church once in a while. And we're not to make them comfortable in their worldliness here. If they want to be here, they need to be a part of what's going on here. That means a surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That, that means an obedience in a non-respect of persons and to get down and, and do what needs to be done Because here's the royal law. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I tell you what, I got a lot of work to do. How about you? You see that doesn't happen accidentally. It doesn't happen just because you show up on Sunday morning. It happens with a daily surrender to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we learn to love people where they are. Not some fake warm, wishy-gushy feeling, but to really help them. I don't know how many people walk through the church and said, I, I need help, and, and I'll start, okay, what kind of help do you need? I said, smells like you got enough money for cigarettes, Uh, We're not really interested in passing out money to help you buy more. I didn't know you were that kind of Christian. I said, well, we're only interested in the kind that really want to live for God. And uh, we're willing to do anything we can to help you up, but we're not going to help you stay down there. And people get mad. I've, I've taken more than one cussing. Because they don't think I love Jesus because I won't do what they want me to do. I'll tell you what, the best thing in the world to do is to have respect of the Lord. And then you don't get angry at them too much. The Lord helps you get over it and realize this is a poor sinner on their way to hell. They're already doing to themselves more than anything could happen. They, they need to get saved. And if they won't turn loose of who and what they are, they never will get saved. And we're not going to make an accommodation for people who want to be a part of us and still be a part of the world. It's all or nothing. That's the message of the book of James. And that's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Because I don't know about you, if I love myself, what am I going to do? The absolute best thing for me. You know what that is? Get in this book. It's move a little closer to Jesus. And if I'm going to love you, what am I going to do? I'm going to help you do exactly the same thing. Move a little closer to Jesus. That is what the Bible teaches us. And that's how we can truly love our neighbor as ourselves. But look at this, verse 9, But if ye have respect to persons ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Now, I like that word, convinced. Uh, There's an awful lot of people that don't think they're convinced. But they are. You know what? In their mind, they say, I don't believe that Bible, and I don't believe anything in it. The Bible says, hey, wait a minute, you're already convinced that you're a sinner. Uh, no, 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 I'm not convinced. I refuse to accept it. And the Bible says, that's okay. You're still convinced, convicted, and done. Unless you'll surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are, you are past tense here. It's all said and done. you have nothing to say about the matter because if you keep everything in this whole Bible and yet mess up in one little point, you're guilty of all. Now you know what that That goes back to the end of James chapter one, when it says we need to look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. This is the mirror. You want to look into a mirror that will tell the truth. How many of you like the hall mirrors? Uh, where they have? All, I like the one where you stand in it and you're big and round in the middle and it makes you all skinny. I like that mirror. In fact, I wanted to get one of those. Uh, but the simple truth of the matter is, it doesn't do any good. You've got to look into a mirror that shows you What is. And once you see it, then you've got to do something about what you see. And so as we look here, it says, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. And besides, the same one who said, Thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not commit adultery, said, Thou shalt not bear false witness. He said, Thou shalt not have respect of persons. And so all of those things are there. And we get down here to the end uh, of the passage we're going to cover tonight. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. How many of you are glad that God forgives sin? How many of you are glad when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished, he meant everything was done? I I mean, I'll tell you what, it's wonderful to know that you're saved, that God has forgiven every sin, even the ones you haven't committed yet, because he knew all about them when he died on the cross. But you know what the easiest thing in the world to do is to be thankful for everything that God has done for me and go out and hold somebody else accountable for something they've done to you. That's that's what this passage is talking about. It says speak and do. As you're going to be judged by the law of liberty, you know what God set you free from your sin how about you treat others the same way? See, that respect a person thing is still stuck right in this passage here. And it says in that last verse that we want to cover tonight, For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, but mercy rejoiceth against judgment. I'm glad that God's a merciful God. I'm glad that God forgives sin. And He wants me to treat other people like He treats me. And i got to remember something. Just because I don't have your problem, doesn't mean God's not willing to forgive both of us our problems. Amen? And so what we do in church is we struggle together to serve Jesus till he comes. Because we all step out of the way on far too regular of a basis. And what we need to do is understand that that forgiveness that we have come to rely upon, it says He is just, He is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That forgiveness that we're used to going back to God and knowing is there, is for that person that irritates us too much, just the same. And if we will fulfill the royal law, we will love our neighbor as ourselves. And by the way, if you want to find out who your neighbor is, it's whoever happens to be laying alongside your pathway of life on any given day. Now, that's the story of the Good Samaritan. I mean, everyone was going in a direction and there the poor slob was laying on the side of the street half dead praise God the Samaritan stopped he didn't have respective persons and you know something everything in the book of James I mean it just cuts to the heart how many of you have had trials and tribulations I'll tell you what The Bible says we're to rejoice, count it all joy, because we know that patience is working. Uh, I don't know, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has that verse underhand. Because they're not perfect and complete and wanting nothing yet. And by the time you get to that point, it's usually really close to when God takes you home to heaven. Amen. Amen. And being doers and not hearers only. I don't know anybody that's got that down. Having no respect of persons and loving your neighbor as yourself. I'll tell you what, I don't know anybody that's got that down. But I do know this. There's a place where we can work on that. It's called church. And that's why you got to keep coming back. And that's why you got a fellowship inside the church, because all of us need a lot of help to get this done. Uh, And by the way, ten years from now, you're still going to need a lot of help uh, until Jesus comes back. Because it doesn't matter how well you do, you're going to mess up somewhere. And that mercy that is there to forgive you and to cleanse you and to keep you in the way is also there for that person that irritates the fire out of you. Guess what? We need to have respect, so much respect for the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Glory, that we can get over the irritation that other people cause us as we serve Him. And all God's people said Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we just ask that you take your word. And Lord, it's it's hard to preach on subjects like this because it's in every one of our lives. Lord, I just ask that you would minister your word to us. That you would let the sword of the Spirit cut deep so that we could serve you the way you would have us to, Lord. Help us. Lord, we want to make this a place where the royal law is fulfilled. And the people would come in and know that the love of God is in this place. We ask that you'd work in each heart individually, that collectively we may serve you as your body, the local church. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just take a moment of silence, allow you to talk to the Lord. If you want to come, use the altar. The altar is open. And then we'll get into our prayer time.